Sergeant Chris Diamond here, and welcome to the Denfos Way. On this episode, we're going to go over the Mass Communication Foundations course. That's right, the course that was developed roughly three years ago that a bulk of the students currently go through. We're going to dive deep into what went into developing the course, some educational theory around that development, and also what you can expect out of Denfos graduates who have recently graduated from the course, and a little bit about where the course is going into the future. And if you've never heard of MCF before, well, you're in for a treat today. On this episode, I have the Denfos Public Affairs Officer, that's Mr. Pete Robertson, and our expert in educational theory today will be the faculty developer, that's right, Miss Brooks Ann Episino. So let's get this episode started. <laughs> It was interesting because that the transition from all of these basic courses that were taught for, you know, some of them specific to certain services, some of them, you know, just much shorter than MCF ended up being, and, and some that, you know, courses that had just been sort of long in the tooth and, and were going away anyway. All of that was happening as I was transitioning from being instructor to being the public affairs officer. And so I was seeing, you know, uh, when, when MCF was announced, uh, before it, I think it even had a title, you know, and teams were breaking away to to start creating the the curriculum and start planning things out. Yeah, I I was lucky enough to be able to to contribute, to, especially to some of the writing courses or some of the writing portions of the course. But at the same time, I was also becoming privy to meetings that were just about overall the MCF and and what the goal was and what the intent was. You know, when I came through Denvo's in the mid '90s, we it was very it's very purple, uh, as they called it at the time. You know, the the courses, every single course that I went through, had all five services in them. And then returning as an instructor, it, it was it was kind of a mix. And then we did get to an, a, a place at Dinfo's where there were more boutique courses for specific uh, specific services. And that happened because I, I think different services were merging a lot of their career fields together at different times. And so that became. Uh, very necessary. And then as that settled in in the last four or five years, the need to have one course that really did what what, what Dinfos has done historically, which is teach all services at the same time, the need for that seemed to to definitely be um, something that that people were, that Dinfos is leaning into that. Uh, and uh, it, so it was it was interesting to see, Everything go back to being how I remember and, and the idea of we're trying to create an overall communicator who is disciplined, uh, in who, who is trained in several disciplines uh, just like I had been. And so I was, I was excited to see that. Uh, but it, because it affected so much of the school, it was – I think everyone just had a giant question mark over their head. Like what is going to happen? How do we how, – how do we move to basically having one basic course for nearly the entire school? And I think what's important to note, you know, much like Pete said, not just that Dimfos was excited about it, the service representatives at that time who was coming into Dimfos from all the services they were in, everyone was like, this sounds awesome. This is going to be great. And for some services, it was more training than they'd ever gotten before. So for instance, you know, I was Coast Guard. I went through the old, old basic course by itself. And I knew basic writing, basic photography, and then basic public affairs. But I also did not get any graphics training. I did not get any video training. I did not, did not, did not, did not. And when I got to my first unit, they made me do all those things. So I think in the beginning, a lot of the services were in on it because it was like, oh, this is going to be great. 
you know, um, it was a huge task. Some of the biggest problems that I saw in the beginning, it's so massive. It's so much. How do we make a student's brain understand from the beginning to the end how all these things go together, how all this flawlessly is your job? And um, how do we, in the actual execution of it day by day, keep instructors' sanity, you know, with what they're doing? Do they have time to grade? Do they have time to coach? Do they, you know, all these things. It's not just teaching. There's other things that happen in the course of helping someone learn. So it was a massive undertaking from the very start. And I know, um, so it was, it was scary <laughs> and exciting and all those things at once, you know. Um, but I thought it was so interesting that all the services, all the reps who were here at that point all agreed and we're excited and everyone was like, yes, you know, and here we are several years later. And I think some of those people have changed out, which is the military way, right? They've gone on to other things and new people have come in with new perspectives and new insight and the experience they have is now. That leaves them with questions, concerns, you know, all those things, which make perfect sense. I was one of the first instructors to go through the MCF curriculum mm-hmm. to actually teach it. Uh, I wasn't the pilot instructor, but one of the first courses that we actually implemented at Denfos. So I'm actually a SME in this area. So I remember what it was like. And I remember going onto a team of all these people. I think Denfos originally put their best and brightest on the first teams. I don't know if that's true or not, but it felt like it to me because I was not one of those people though. <laughs> everyone on that team, I remember the first day was like, how many years of experience do you have doing this? And everyone on that team said like 15, 18, 20 years. Mm-hmm. And I was like, uh, three. <laughs> the course no longer relied on people with vast amounts of experience. It was people who were willing to accept changes and the way things needed to be done. We weren't relying on things of the past anymore of we knew a way how to do this. This is the only way to do this. Now it was what needed to be completed to create a better foundation to make a multifaceted communicator. And I think that actually helped instructors, especially the ones who were looking for that change. And that's kind of kicked everything off. So that's what today's episode is really about is MCF three years later. Can you believe it's been three years? Yeah. I mean, no. <laughs> no. In a way, yes, yeah. because it's been a long, I mean, we're, you know, coming out of uh, out of the COVID years. I mean, they've it felt like, yeah, it's it's gone on for a while. I think because in, in a way, because MCF started just as COVID was arriving. So mm-hmm. not yes. only did we have a new course, we also were trying to implement that during COVID, during all of the measures in the early months and year of COVID. Uh, that that to me is, is just, it's so strange to think about that there really wasn't uh, the type of, of, of implementation of MCF, M- MCF that we thought we were going to have when when MCF was stood up because it immediately became this this major major adjustment and so mm-hmm. it's it it on the one hand it feels like wow that time has gone by quickly and then MCF just just has is still still feels new and then at the same time you know the just the ways that it's changed and the ways we had to adjust in, in teaching it in the way that it was presented and it was new during a time when when a lot of folks didn't know what was going on I think that really flavored how uh, how MCF I think is viewed inside and outside the building and mm-hmm. I think outside the building it's hard to comprehend what exactly we do here anyway on a daily basis uh, I don't mean that to be rude but that's just true um, and with MCF the full understanding of what exactly you're asking instructors and students to do on a daily basis is massive way more than other courses have asked before I mean the amount of preparation the instructors had to do alone, those are hours before you're ever in the classroom mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that are not 
what people think of when they think of teaching. They're like, oh, you're with students. Yeah. And I had to prep all these hours before that to do the part where I was with the students. And so I think um, once you're here, if you've ever taught anywhere or if you've ever been here, it makes more sense of what we mean when we say, wow, this thing was massive and crazy and confusing and all these things. And it feels like a long time and a short time because it's like, it's so stressful. It's so many details, so many little things. And the different versions of the schedule have shown where, you know, they've tried to make improvements and they've tried to change things and make it easier, better, smoother, faster. It still needs work, right? So brains um, only learn in certain ways and trying to keep up with that and keep up with all the details. Like it's a lot. It's huge. I agree. You know, it's complicated in a way that I don't think someone who's ever not taught can really understand. It's a lot. I actually segues perfectly right in my first question uh, to both of you is explaining really what MCF is, because I will tell you right now, a lot of people don't really realize MCF isn't really a stationary thing. This course is constantly changing, but I firmly believe it has to, to create better communicators for the future. The course has to be constantly changed to show new technology, new ways of doing things while being the focus of the services that complete those core tasks they want completed. Gosh, I mean, if you don't mind, uh, <laughs> I would say, man, what is it? So the title itself, if you break it down, you know, Mass Communication Foundations, like, well, what does that mean? Uh, it means there's a lot of ways to communicate. And we're trying to teach people all these different ways. So verbally, in writing, visually, graphically, and how to sometimes you put all that into one thing. And that takes critical thinking skills and not just your own thinking and your own creativity and your own innovation. You're a military person in a military uniform. And even if civilians come here, they're in a military um, mindset because they're at a unit, right? They're being paid by the government. So everyone also has to know a great deal of policy and your commander's intent and all of these things had come together to truly make what is MCF because that is what the job is. The job is a complicated, nuanced, high-level thing on any given day. Just today I was watching the news and unfortunately there was an, uh, an accident with Army Training Center and two Blackhawks went down. And they gave a press conference that if I was still teaching public affairs portion of the course, I would have be grabbing all of that off the internet right now to show my students because they were doing commander's intent, command messaging, all that they had the big press conference with all the leaders. They had boom, boom, boom. And I'm just watching it like, oh, if I was teaching, this would be stuff I'm grabbing to show the students, right? That's just one portion of one day of 108 days. You know, it's mm -hmm. insane to really make someone understand what it is. It's one of the number one questions we get as instructors communicating with the field. I know personally, even talking to the detachments is a whole different form of communication. So from a PAO perspective, what is it like getting those communications from the services asking what we do? What, what, what's the best way to describe to them what they, what we are creating here? <laughs> it's interesting. Cause uh, I, w I was just thinking uh, recently there was a comment on, on one of our Facebook posts about an MCF uh, event or M MCF lesson that was being taught. And it was, it was really just that, like I miss, I miss when I call it was called basic journalism course. That was a much cooler title, and I was like, well, a, as a graduate of the basic journalism <laughs> course, uh, you know, I, I feel that. But I think e even just starting with the title, Mass Communication Foundations, it's more the title 
indicates how fluid the course is. This isn't, and, and for a lot of us, that is kind of a culture shock and, and maybe even uncomfortable for those of us who went through, you know, years before, and it was it was more clear cut. A, a lot of those courses had those, those titles, basic journalism, basic photojournalist course. But looking at, at MCF, what we're talking about is the foundations of communication. And that, and those shift. I mean, they shift in our careers. You know, we go from maybe being more, you know, VI heavy to more public affairs heavy to, you know, doing video pieces and, and working and broadcasting it. And depending on what service, depending on what training we've been through, depending on, on what's going on in the world, the need for certain aspects of mass communication change and shift and the need to train new techniques, new ideas, new lessons also does. And so Mass Communication Foundations, it really is the only title that accurately portrays what this course is trying to teach, which is that at any given time, from visual information to public affairs to communication strategy and everything in between, we want them to have the most current baseline understanding of how to be a military communicator. And so in my job, selling that and making that nebulous kind of description understood is constantly a challenge. And that's why, you know, on our, our social media and our website, I'm constantly trying to show all the different aspects of that course. Yeah. <laughs> and and it's <laughs> and it's wild because there are also different ways to teach certain lessons. And there are definitely there's a lot of, you know, not terribly, you know, not very different ways that instructors teach different things, but there's definitely new and different approaches. Uh, and I think one of uh, one of the things that I've been most impressed with when it comes to MCF is the ability for the school to shift more quickly when it comes to the disciplines that are taught in order to in, in order to provide the best and most relevant training. I've seen it. I've seen it live, actually, in the middle of a course where we've said, no, no longer teach this or change this or look at some kind of change and understand we're not teaching, we're not giving students rocks anymore. We're giving students concrete. <laughs> That's the foundation now. You're not getting these just little levels of different things. Now it's learning to mix everything together. And from my experience teaching MCF, it was uh, very interesting because right off the get-go, you're not just focusing on one area anymore you're merging all these areas together. You'll be learning writing one week, then go into graphics the next week, and then video, photo, and it's merging all of these things to create a synergy of education. So I, I was curious, do you guys have any thoughts on that and why or how that was built that way? One of the things that, that sort of was, that made it a necessity to teach MCF this way is the consolidation of, of career fields in most of the services. Uh, in the Army, Navy, and, and Air Force in particular, there was you know much more separation. When I came into the Navy, there were essentially four ratings, four jobs that did what a, a current mass communication specialist does now. You can't go necessarily as in-depth on certain topics. You need a broad understanding uh, of those things and the equipment and, and a lot of what we do, like it is smarter. And so learning learning the basics oftentimes means getting in on uh, on a discipline sort of in the middle of it. Like I may not be learning manual photography for very long because what I need to do is understand what my camera is capable of and how I can make the most of that in, in this short amount of time in the training. We shore that up by having specialized training to follow MCF. So we also have the follow-on courses, the uh, graphic design, broadcasting, visual writing, yeah, visual documentation. Uh, and Shout so out. and so those those help us, you know, sort of shore up 
where this 108-day course still somehow, you could make the course 200 days and there's still so much to learn and so much to understand. And so what we're trying to create is, is a curiosity and understanding from the students so that they're ready to leave DINFOs and teach themselves, learn from mentors, or look for that next school in order to, uh, to continue to improve their skills in that area. Yeah, and I would say some people would say, well, that makes them not as effective in any one of those areas. And to that, I would say that's not true. You have a natural talent for one thing or another. That's always going to be true. That's how brains are. That's how people are. Um, and so you will naturally say, be a good photographer right off the bat. You understood everything made sense. You're nailing it. You're on fire. Your pictures are always stand out above your peers. But you also have to do all these other things. And when you go to do them, you may not be at the same level as the pictures you take because that's not your natural talent. So you do need more help. And that's where at the unit level, once they leave us, they need some kind of unit training program to help people develop their skills still. that They're not leaving here as trained professionals who can do all these things alone. They're leaving here with a baseline knowledge of a lot of different concepts, some of which they are naturally gifted and will naturally do well and others in which they will need help and mentoring, as you mentioned. And, you know, I, I feel like it's so um, vital that we work with the field. We hold hands and we help these people, you know, be the best communicators they can be. The point being that they can do the job really well, you know. And I think one of the great things about MCF is it incorporates a lot of lessons that we learn from intermediate courses, which is that if you're telling a story, and, and this is true of, of uh, obviously of the field, and fleet, but also of, uh, you know, industry, of the civilian community, where you have one person anymore covering a story. And so they're writing the story. They're they're gathering video. They're, you know, creating, you know, getting imagery for, you know, for more, um, you know, for Instagram and, mm -hmm. and, and, and for like smaller packaged uh, you know, uh, digital media. And they're doing all of those things. And so we teach all of those things concurrent where they used to be sort of, I'll learn this block of instruction. I'll learn how to write news story and I'll learn how to write feature story. And now and now it's, you know, trying to – a concept that I remember teaching in, in IPC, in the Intermediate Photojournalism course, which was total story. I'm, I'm writing the story, but I'm also taking photos for both the print, for the multimedia piece, and for a video piece if, if that's what's called for. And so it, it maximizes what one service member, one graduate of DINFO's MCF course is able to do. Um, and they obviously, like all of us, may be better at one thing than another, but it, it gives them the ability to see something as a, as a narrative, as a package, as, a, a, as one thing to cover and to cover it in multiple ways and to maximize our, your audience, to maximize your social media platforms, uh, to do all of those things and to do it mm -hmm. in the basic course at the very beginning means learning it at the very beginning as opposed to like myself who I'm you know a public affairs position trying to do these types of things with instruction that I had 10 years ago 20 years ago uh, and so I'm, I'm a little jealous. Honestly, <laughs> MCF students. I'm absolutely jealous. As I said before, the training I got was only three main subjects, a teensy bit of each of those. Like, I would have loved to have graphics training and video training and all these things that I would have eaten that up. Like, yes, it means more time in school, but me personally, I'm a nerd anyway. I love learning. Uh, but I would just have felt more armed to go into the field with more facets 
that I understood. At least I know where to go. I know what to look up. I know what I don't know, which is important. You know, the first time someone came up to me and said, can you make a boating safety graphic? I was like, well, <laughs> I can. Uh, I don't know if you're going to want to use it, but sure. You know, and I slapped some things on a picture, right, in Photoshop because that's all I knew. Let me pull up paint real quick. Yeah, and I <laughs> gave it to this poor, this poor XO came back, you know, the XO of Ops, and he goes, oh, that's nice. You know, which we all know means that's the Let's worst thing I've ever seen. Fridge yeah. And I said, oh, Beautiful. you're welcome, sir. And then he left and never asked me to design anything ever again. So, you know, I had to find that training on my own to improve my skills, right? So, yeah, I think a lot of the students coming in, they don't know the difference, right? They just know you're learning all these things. Go do great things. You know, their instructors are here for them and they know that and they reach back and ask for mentoring, you know, and, and I think that's one of the best things when I was an instructor um, instructing the students was that they are going to reach back and ask you for things and you can help push them in the right direction in terms of their skills. But again, we still need to hold hands with the field. You know, we need good mentors out there, good training programs at the units so they can help themselves too, you know. I think that goes actually to an excellent point moving forward is <laughs> not just what the students are receiving once they come here is who's teaching the students? <laughs> And I will tell you, when I came here, I, I was very fluent in video and radio. That was where my solid backgrounds. And as soon as I got here, I had to learn almost everything immediately. I had to learn how to write better because all I knew was broadcast writing at the time. I had to learn graphics, Photoshop, how to actually shoot photos and not just video. And this was something new to me. But being at Denfos made it very easy for me to transition to learn these things. And I've seen the process improve over time. No instructor just shows up here and starts teaching, and I think that needs to be understood. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. We go through quite a course before we can even talk to students. Well, <laughs> I remember before I came here, uh, before I came to Dinfos, uh, just thinking to myself, I think like all of us, all of us do that. We graduate Dinfos, we get we get graduates from Dinfos. We it, the longer we're separated from it, you know, folks come in and like, well, what did you learn? And we always we're so loyal to what we learned. Like, ah, oh, you learned it all wrong. Oh, they're not doing. They don't know what they're doing there. And so I was just ready to storm into Dinfos and, and show them what real teaching is, having no experience in that field. And the first thing that happened is going into the instructor training uh, course. I was. It's like, oh, oh, wow. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I don't really know anything. And, uh, but that it gave me such a foundation that coming out of it, because I can, you know, I, I, I can be 20 directions all at once, but coming out of that course, it, it forced me to focus. And I think that set me up for success because I, I had a foundation and I had an understanding like, this is how you teach. This is, these are the things that you must do in order to accomplish what you need to accomplish. And then everything else I could just go and be myself on and still know that no matter how, you know, if I told a silly story or, you know, or, or you know, did something in the classroom that, that I thought was, you know, uh, creative and, and, and at least I know that that I'm with a left and right limit. I'm going to teach exactly to the standard, and then have some fun in the middle of it. And I think um, one of the cool things that I've seen about MCF in particular is that it's it, it's challenged instructors to be as proficient as we expect the students to be in multiple disciplines. We know that you know many instructors, myself included, came from a more specialized background, and so coming in to teach MCF in particular means having to shore up the disciplines that you don't know. And that is a requirement here. Yes. You know, instructors, 
you know, coming in who are, who are strictly photo or strictly writing or, or, uh, or spend a lot of time in broadcasting or PA, they have to, they have to relearn as well. And, and it, it's not just the instructor training course. It's also peer-to-peer. Peer-to-peer. Yeah, and the subject matter experts we have here TTC. share with each other. TTC. Yeah. yeah. Technical training course. It is uh, MCF-specific. Only instructors who will teach MCF go to TTC. It gives them a leg up on exactly this issue. When they have to cross-train into things they've either had very little or no experience with, it helps them get that view of that. But also, it helps them understand the course because they have to. They are taught the same lessons the students are taught, and they do some of the same assignments and have to accomplish them at a slightly higher uh, grade point average than students. But they have to accomplish them too. So they're kind of that whole don't ask someone to do something that you haven't done yourself. So when people come here and they are more specialized, they're still um, getting that peek at it uh, and reminding themselves what it feels like to be a student. I, I think that's key in a training and learning environment. And for people who are getting trainees straight out of a learning environment is to remember that in the learning environment, you are stressed, you are challenged, you are so nervous, your brain is doing a thousand things a day to try and retain all this information. And it can't like that's just not how brains work and so there will always be retention issues right something will stand out it will stick it'll be great and then other things you'll go i heard that once i think mm-hmm. you know and you have to go look it up you have to get some more help with that right so i the instructors do that too because we're people right. you know people are people brains work how they work for everyone and so they're also in a little bit of a training mode and remembering what it's like to be a student having you want someone to have patience with you will have patience with your student when they struggle right so yeah and it's never not been true of Dinfo's graduates that you cannot retain everything that you learned uh, in that amount of time. There have been six-month courses at Dinfo's since as far back as I can remember. So it's not even necessarily the length of the course. It's just the fact that you can't retain everything. And that's why you know, the, the materials are, are meant to be there. This is the beginning of, of learning and, and staying relevant and and staying skilled in in the career in the field that we were taught that is extremely important but also one of the reasons that we created a lot of distance learning uh, resources like Dinfo's pavilion that reflects the the lessons that are taught in in all of our courses but the basic courses in particular where they can refer back to the things that they learned six seven months ago or years even uh, I, I remember running a, a, a broadcast station, a radio station, with just what I remembered having learned at Dinfo's some eight years prior. Uh, and so, and without Pavilion, I would have, I feel like I would have had a much more successful career uh, with that, being able to refer back to that. Me too. I wish I'd had something to look at like that, you know, and just refer back. Before MCF, before Pavilion, we used to have instru- uh, just regular people in the field call me up at my mm-hmm. desk, right? Hey, you're at Dinfo's. I know they have some kind of like, um, like copy editing quizzes, right? When people aren't good at copy editing, can I have one of those? Because I have someone <laughs> in my unit who's really bad at copy editing, you know? And so now they don't have to call individuals they know. They just go to Pavilion, here are the templates, here are the things, do the thing, right? Let us know what else we can give you, mm-hmm. right? Because we're all about giving. I, I agree. And I think on that note uh, of retention and memory and application, we have to realize that this is not something that, you know, we at the schoolhouse are making up. Brain studies show that in order to just retain a piece of information that you've learned new, that you never knew before, right? You never knew it before. Your brain has to create a pathway between your brain cells, right? They have to 
make a little pathway in your brain. And to even just do make a pathway is 20 repetitions with that information, 20 times. That's just a baseline to create a full memory retention pathway for your brain to recall it as fast as possible. Then it takes 40 plus repetitions for that thing to become a habit. Then it takes 60 plus for it to become an unconscious action you can do like when they say riding a bike, you never forget, right? Those kind of skills, they take 60 plus repetitions. This is not something we are making up at the schoolhouse. This is hard research by brain scientists are telling us how the brain learns and how it works. And um, I think a little bit of understanding of that makes us all more patient with people who've just learned a new skill, you know, whether it's your child at home, you know, your loved one, you're trying to teach how to use a new part of the iPhone, right? Or a student who's just learning how to physically hold a camera to their face because all they've ever done is hold their phone out at a distance. That's not how you take a picture with a real camera, right? So I try. <laughs> right. So I think, you know, we just got to have some patience and, and that's hard uh, in the field when things are go, go, go. We've all been to the field and we know that every day is an ever changing onslaught of I had a plan today, but that's not what's going to actually get accomplished because this other thing came up. Right. And so we want people to come out of NCF with that 10 years of experience, grizzled, high speed, short deadline, go, go, go. And it's like, well, their brains just learned a whole lot in a very short amount of time. That's not going to happen in reality. You know, naturally, they'll be good at one thing, as I said, but mostly they need time, they need coaching for true retention and application to happen on its own. So, And I think we can't pigeonhole uh, new service members who come out of Dinfos, whether they've cross-trained or whether they're just straight out of basic and boot camp. We can't pigeonhole them. I, that, that's something that happened to me as soon as I got to my first command. I was writing and I wrote for two years and never picked up a camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, these folks are trained in a way that they are meant to be able to, you know, be interchangeable w- with one another, to be able to shoot one day, write something the next, you know, uh, work in, in, in PA and, and drafting messages the next and everything in between. And how MCF was built and mm-hmm. that's you know, how the students are, are graduating from MCF being ready to do. And as leaders who I- inherit these folks, I think one of the one of the most important things to do is to throw it, throw, throw it at them, throw everything at them and, mm-hmm. and give them an opportunity to show you what they can do, what they have learned, and the breadth of information that they've received uh, training in. Yeah, and leaders have to be aware that that means sometimes failure will happen. They have to understand that, yes, you're taking on a little bit of risk, but that is, in fact, how people learn. You must fail sometimes to fully understand the full ramifications of not doing this thing a certain way or to a certain standard or with a certain policy in mind or blah, 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 whatever the parameters are, right? Sometimes you have to fail and viscerally and publicly. And then you're like, oh, I will never do that again. I will never make that mistake again. Right. And that is hard for leaders. I understand it is scary place. Um, But if you never let the guy who always writes take photos, he'll never get any better at those photos either. So, you know, you're you're helping yourself in the short term, but not in the long term and definitely not helping the service members by not letting them fluidly try things, do things, move between the different areas. Right. If they don't get to use it, they will, in fact, absolutely lose it. That brain path goes right back to being nothing. It goes to zero and it's much harder. Mm hmm. Again, brain science shows if you don't use information, it is hard to uh, recall it. It's in there. You just can't recall it. Going through the course, understand we are not just sitting there and just sitting on computers all day. It is a very active course. 
students are out shooting photos. They're out shooting video. They're in the classroom sometimes. Other times they're out interviewing people. So moving forward, leaders need to understand that the students are already doing a lot of these things. Let them go and try it. Don't let them fail when failing matters. Let them fail when it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think that's important yeah. to say for uh, when you're getting a new MCF graduate. Yeah, especially if you have the staff to let someone shadow, right? So then they're kind of failing in the background. <laughs> you know, the background. there's the real person taking pictures of the ceremony. And then there's the guy that just got here two days ago taking pictures. And you go back and you go, okay, let's explain, right? <laughs> Let me help you. You forgot this and you didn't white balance and you, right? And you're helping him next time. Now he can do it, right? So I, I think that is important. And not everyone has a luxury of a big office, but when you can, you know, you, it's so important. One of the things that I've seen uh, just now that I'm not an instructor, so being able to see from from a different perspective is that the instructors in this building tend to have personal passions for trying to create an environment to train in that simulates what they'll be doing as much as possible. We've seen, you know, folks come in from from CID to show how to, you know, shoot a a, a crime scene in a way that is is, you know, so if when when they're learning how to shoot photos for documentation, it creates an element of realism going outside, you know, there's so many just creative angles that the instructors do really because they they came from the fleet and they had some of those same like questions and frustrations and, and, and things when it comes to like what what are students learning and how can we teach them in a way that is going to be more reflective of what they'll be doing in the field, what is more relevant to what they'll be doing in the fleet and field. And and so seeing that like personal passion from nearly every instructor in this building, uh, it, it it to me creates a lot of confidence because it's just I've seen so many different creative ways. Uh, that certain lessons can be taught that are tailored really well to how the instructor teaches and how those students learn. And that, I think, is something that is afforded by the flexibility of MCF is, you know, something that I I don't know if it was there, uh, if it was present for a lot of the other basic courses we had. But we talk about sort of the fluidity and the ability to sort of change. Uh, it, It means having an opportunity for our instructors to teach in a way that is as relevant as possible to what these students will be doing when they leave Dinfos Halls. The level of pride instructors have in their lessons here is <laughs> amazing to me. Mm-hmm. The fact that like they will name lessons after them, be like, this is this is the the diamond way of doing things or the 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 Robertson way of doing like oh, it, yeah. it's crazy to me because it shows that much level of passion, like how much extra effort go into our lessons. Well, and how effective something is. So yeah. sometimes an instructor will create an activity that is so effective that under instructors steal it, and then everyone's doing it all of a sudden. And you're like, wait a minute, where did this start? And mm-hmm. then new instructors get here and they go, why are you guys doing that? And it's like, I don't know where this began, but it works, and here's why, and just try it, you know? And again, they don't have to because it's an extra, but even uh, Pete here... Uh, had one where he used to draw a game board on the board and have his students that. move through. That went around the schoolhouse like wildfire because I started doing it too, except mine wasn't a game, right? We always changed it a little. Mm-hmm. Mine was a map of Middle Earth. Mm. And as they were going through the process at that point, it was writing, they had to like cross the bridge of coaching. And so if they put their little person on that bridge, I knew 
you are ready for coaching. Mm-hmm. And over here, it was like the lake of interview number one. So they're over there. Oh, you're out on interview. Got it. That person came back. I'm like, all right, come, let's debrief. What do you What do you need from me? How to go? What's your next interview, right? So it was easy to see where they were and what they were doing. And that was really fun. I used and, free parking as a spot for like free coaching. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was yeah, and, and then everyone other got a little Monopoly piece. Was, yeah. And then other instructors put their own spin on it. But at one point... Most writing instructors in this building had some kind of whole entire board-themed thing where students were putting little magnetized bits in different areas to show where they were in the process. So it was fun, but there was a point. I'm tracking 12 people doing the same thing at the same time. Mm -hmm. But instead of just everyone write your name on the board, here's a more interesting way to do it. And they all competed. Who can get to the land of turn in first? You know, like they were excited to do it. And um, I actually had an instructor, a student come back to be an instructor who immediately walked up to me and said, do you still do that? (laughs) He was like, so I said, oh, I'm sorry. I teach instructors now. So no, I don't do it now. You know, he was so disappointed. He's like, oh, I said, but you can do it. You're here now. Right. So yeah, it goes in waves too. When people do something really interesting, you know, everyone picks up on it. I think so it's really I find neat. that cool. Yeah. And the more uh, instructors we get here new, the more innovation, the more creativity, new things come because our field is full of innovative, creative, amazing thinkers, you know, and artists. And it's fascinating. Working here at Dimfos is a petri dish of some of the most excellent minds. And it's like one of my favorite things. I meet so many fascinating people with just amazing talents. And uh, they put all of that into the classroom. They want the students to feel passion that they feel. And it shows. Definitely. Heart and soul and back. Blew up my back during course. So I still taught. I was laying on the floor teaching oh. laying on the floor. It was a good time, but I wanted to make sure I got through that sequencing lesson. Like I'm gonna finish. Yeah. 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 That that is something when you're outside you can't fully understand. Like the reason there is uh, you know, so much back and forth is because people care so much. Yeah. They do care about each individual lesson and each student understanding each thing is important by itself. You know, it it makes you, um, I don't know, just gets you in your feels, right? Just gets you all in your feelings um, when outside comments feel derogatory or, you know, they say, oh, what are you guys doing over there? I'm like, oh, boy, I'm doing a lot and I really care and I'm really trying, you know, and I think most instructors feel that way, mm-hmm. you know, and we don't yeah. we don't want to fight with anyone. We want to hold hands. Like I said earlier, let's all be on the same team. Let's help these people be the best communicators. That's the point. And that's the thing I've seen uh, is you get loyal to what you're teaching. Like there's been time I, I can remember times getting sick and being like, "No, this is the lesson I need to teach this lesson." And people are like, "Do not, do not come in sick. <laughs> I need to teach this lesson." Yeah. Um, but also, we understand. Like uh, we, it's a very frustrating thing to hear, and I haven't taught in a while. But it's a frustrating thing to hear. Like, what are you guys teaching at Dinfos or what's going on? But in in my current role, there's an opportunity for them to be like, oh, ask me that question. Ask me that question because I will show you what what we are doing. And I underst- And I also understand that perspective, though. It's not like I'm at a point now where I'm not really rolling my eyes. and Oh, they're griping again. It's like, no, this is a genuine question because I had that question when I was in the fleet. You know, was what what are they teaching at Dinfos and why? And why aren't they teaching this? And there's answers to those questions. And that's one of the things that that I enjoy doing is answering those questions, no matter how they're phrased, no matter what the tone is, no matter how much, you know, frustration or presumption is behind it. There's if someone's asking that question, there's a genuine curiosity to it. And I have an opportunity now, uh, which is why I love learning as much as I can about MCF, how it's taught and what's going on in those classrooms. I spend a lot of time just shadowing those classrooms and sticking my head in so that I can answer mm-hmm. that question, so that I can say, we don't teach this 
to the level that we used to anymore because now we teach this, because this discipline has changed or because, you know, as uh, I, and I can still go back to like early days of instructing, like, why don't you count out headlines anymore? And I'd be like, cause it's, cause it's the 21st century. That's why. And, (sighs) you know, but, and, and to have them sort of counter back, well, then, you know, that prevents this, this, and this, and like, that is true. And here's the trade-off is this, this, and that. (laughs) <laughs> and understanding the difference between, you know, fitting line, you know, fitting a, a characters into a column of text for a newspaper and having a, a headline that is searchable through SEO uh, and, and able to be, you know, found by people who are looking up information. It's, it's, the, it's the give and take of it. And being in the position that I'm in now, I feel like very much like an ambassador for MCF to all the people who, like myself, just want to know what is going on with this course and what makes it different than what we taught before. R.I.P. Flit J. Oh, man. Yeah, I remember doing that, too. <laughs> it's Ooh. still in my brain. Talk I about, do like, it right now. neural yeah. connection. Yeah, I will never lose that. So yeah. I can't learn new things because Flit <laughs> J is, is Actually, you can. Sorry. I could do a whole other thing on brain science. Actually, <laughs> no. you can. Brain cool. science says you can. Okay, sorry. So that was actually an excellent connection is what advice would you give bosses out in the field right now or even incoming students? towards coming to MCF. I would actually like to start this if you don't mind. I would say if you're a a boss in the field and you get somebody new, don't immediately go down and shutting them down when they mess up. They're coming off something new. Let them grow and let them grow upon the confidence they have from completing this course. Because at the end of the course, there is a capstone where all the students have to complete and almost go through everything they learned in the course and they are evaluated on it. And secondly, I'd like to say if there are things you want to see at Denfos, contact your services. Let them know what you're seeing for they contact Denfos and let them know. And for students coming to Denfos, uh, first of all, ask for me as an instructor. doesn't work that way. Anyways, don't come here trying to get perfect grades. Come here ready to learn and try something new because I think – Doing that will bring a level of more importance in your life than just getting an A on everything. Try something, learn something new, develop a passion while you're here. Either one of you want to chime in and take it away from me right now for us to keep talking. (laughs) I was going to say, I have the answer for both, right? For leaders in the field, getting students, for incoming new students, the answer is have a growth mindset. So for leaders, have a mindset that these people are trained to the level called under supervision, which means they still need help. They still need you. You have your expertise. Help them. Try so hard not to be annoyed. You know, really help. And I know it's hard. I'm annoyed too. We're all humans. Like, really try. Uh, For incoming personnel, the growth mindset changes to exactly what um, has been said before, but in a way where, yes, the grades are important. Yes, you have to pass. Yes, pass. GPA is important. However, in the field, no one comes up to you and says, on your infographic, what exact grade point did you get? Nobody says that. They come up and they say, can you create an infographic with these exact parameters and I need it by Friday? That's the test. So when you come here as a student, have a growth mindset in terms of, I'm going to learn some things I've never done before and it's going to feel hard and challenging and scary. There's going to be a lot of anxiety, but I will give my best. And if my best is passing, well, it's passing. I will grow from there, right? I may hear some things I do already know. Awesome. 
that's my time to shine. Let me show people that I already know a little bit, but be open to the coaching and feedback still for you to get even better because now you're doing it in a military environment and that's different. So I would say for both, have a growth mindset. Be open, be patient. I would often tease my, uh, what I used to call my grade hounds because they, you know, they just, that was, that was their area of concentration. Like that was the thing that mattered most to them. And I would never... Like I, I would tease them a little, but I understood like that that was something that was very motivating and, and very important to them. And all I, all I could really do, because that was never going to go away. You're never going to remove no. that, that motivation from them. And why try? But I just wanted them to understand that like what I was looking for. Like they're gonna, they're gonna get the good grades because they're gonna work for it most of the time. Uh, but the important part was was the understanding of it. Can you, can you produce this? Can you produce this to a level uh, that? Then yeah, that that the that your supervisors need, that your command needs, that your you know that 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 the people you're working for need in order. And can you communicate it clearly? Can you can you create something that will communicate uh, the command message or or whatever whatever it happens to be uh, in a way that that reaches your audience? Because I I will be the first to tell you I did not do well as a student at Infos <laughs> grade wise. But I learned the lessons, and th- and that to me was important. And so when I hit the fleet, you know, I, I would put myself up against anyone when it came to to the disciplines that I was strong in, regardless of the grades that I got in them. And and that's what they need. Um, I, I told my stu- I always tell my students, don't fake enthusiasm, don't feign enthusiasm, find it. There's something in in, in being corny. Uh, when it comes to this career field, there's something a- about just buying in from the minute you get in the door. Understand that, like a lot of this stuff is frustrating and and hard to learn, and is and, and we're learning. They're learning skills that so many people do not have. The ability to walk up to a stranger and ask them a series of questions and get enough information that you could craft a story out of it. Who has that skill? Only a handful of people, I think, in the world. You know, psychics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> have that ability and 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 that's what we train and that's what they come out knowing and so i want them to to have that buy in right away that you know you're going to be a word nerd and you're going to be a photo nerd and you're not going to be able to look at publications the same way again video the same way again you're not going to be able to do that and that's a good thing because it means you are uh becoming a professional in this field and for those who 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 pick up our, our graduates and, and who lead them and take them to that next level. I guess the only thing I want to say is ask them, talk to them, ask them questions. That's the only way to really understand what they know, to ask them, what did you learn? And, and, and if it's something that you think is important, like, did you learn this? And if they didn't, well, then there you go. There's your signpost. This is where, okay, I, I have to take my knowledge and pass it on to this, to this DINFOS graduate from here. But to understand what they know how to do, what they're comfortable with, what they've learned, and and what the course is, it's 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 that interaction. That's the only way. And I say that as somebody who didn't always do that. And I look back now, and like why why that was the simplest thing I could have done. Why didn't I do that? Get a new you know graduate come in from Denfos and be like, what did you learn? What do you? I may have known. I taught and then immediately went to a command and got some of my former students. And so I didn't think I needed to ask that question. But you do because you want to also know. How do they remember the course? How do yeah. they remember what they learned? What things have they retained at that level? And, and what things have they almost, what's, what's fallen out of their brain? Um, and, and, and be ready and prepared to, to shore up that information because that's, as supervisors, 
what our responsibility is. You're never mm-hmm. going to get somebody coming out of Dinfos who can recite everything that they learned. So maybe the first Deep thing tank. to do is to ask what they remember and and what they learned, what they what they have in their brain. It's no. so true. It's yeah. Especially that you'll never watch or read anything the same ever again. Nope. You'll never just watch the news. You'll never watch a movie. You'll never see it. It's like sometimes I can't turn it off and I just am like, just watch. I'm telling myself, just watch. Just I can't, watch. I can't listen to radio commercials <laughs> at all. Radio <laughs> spots. Nope. It's so hard once you know too much about a subject. You just cannot turn it off. I can't listen to myself talk anymore. So that's one thing. Mm, so yeah. I have two questions to finalize this episode. Okay. My first question is one that is a reoccurring thing on this podcast, and that is, what is the Denfos way to you? So for me, how I've explained it in the past, uh, whether it was to students or instructors, is that here you have to all learn a skill all at the same time. And that means I have to teach to a lot of brains at the same time. So while there are many ways to do the same thing effectively and efficiently, please all learn this way so I can test you. So you at least know one way and you've gotten good feedback on that way. Now, when you get to the field, there's multiple effective ways to do the thing. Listen to people in the field, change, right? Grow, keep that growth mindset. Um, But it doesn't mean there's only one way. It's just this is the way (laughs) that we can test you to start your journey, to start that foundation. So at least you know one way, right? But it's not the only way for sure. I like that. I had, I think before I came back to teach a much more cynical idea <laughs> of, of what the Dinfos way was, because it was sort of accompanied by that, like, forget everything you learned at Dinfos phrase. Those two were like hand in hand, yeah. yes. the Dinfos way. And then the real, and I'm just going to be as blunt as possible, the what I hear, what, whenever I heard that was, I don't want to pick up my style book. That was really it. I don't want to have to go back and remember how I was trained to do something. So let's just forget that Dinfo's way because this is how we do it here rather than maybe we should, you know, crack a book and get back to our fundamentals. Um, that was my experience in the fleet. But uh, when I think of the Dinfo's way, Brooksanne, I think, described it exactly right. It's, it's a way to do something. I need them to write a press release and this is the this is a way that has been established that is a structure. Other places have other structures, other places have local style guides, have a, a, you know a, as many ways to do public affairs and and visual information as there are shops. There are some fundamentals and those are the things we try to teach that can be universal. But everything else is sort of we exactly. We have an 12 to 24 students and they need to all be able to be taught and graded in, in a way that is consistent. And that's a baseline. And then what we learn out at what you learn in the next step out in the fleet and field is the next step. And so that's that's what the Dinfo's way is to me. It's it's this is these are the fundamentals. This is the baseline. And then all we want you to do is grow from that point. The Dinfo's way is just it's the baseline. It's the beginning. I think it's really interesting on the MCF episode that both of you talked about foundation. I know. And I just as you were talking, I thought, wow, in one sentence, you could just say the Dimfos way is only the first step. Okay. Well, thanks for coming in today. Thanks for the opportunity. It was a absolute pleasure. And uh, was, this is the first time I've been a SME on something, I think. So that's kind of cool, too. Ever? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> Ever? Career. <laughs> career. All right. All right. That's the episode. Thanks for listening. We're out. <laughs>